0: Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello, this is Blake Lindsay, your host of Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. We certainly do have a special treat for you today. Zig will tell us in his own words how he started out in sales and didn't do too well. The man that is known for being a great salesperson didn't start out too well in the sales profession. Let's turn it up and hear how other people in his life made a difference in his life, which absolutely helped Zig Ziglar become very successful.
2: I got in the Navy, met that little redhead, and then a lot of things changed about my plans. 1946, I was going to the University of South Carolina. Uncle Sam had sent me up there as part of the training program. When they discharged me, I decided to go back up there. And in 1946, in November, we got married. I was selling sandwiches around the dormitories at night, To finance the marriage and to finance my education, I'd go in about 9 o'clock at night, I conceived the idea, bought me a little grocery cart and I'd load up the milk and the sandwiches and the coffee cakes and uh, I'd go by and sell them. did extremely well uh, during the regular school year. But when summertime came, the enrollment dropped to less than one-third of what it had been before. No air-conditioned dormitories. The guys and girls started going out at night to get their little snacks, and I had to look for something else to do financially. The redhead saw an ad in the paper where they wanted a $10,000-a-year salesman. Well, we took that to mean providential influence that they wanted a 10000 dollars salesman because we wanted the $10,000. I mean, it just seemed like too much of a coincidence. I went down and applied for the job. It was in direct sales, selling cookware on a person-to-person basis, on a commission, I had to buy my samples. But they did not believe I could sell. They turned me down. It took me two full months to convince them that they should at least give me a chance. They finally gave me a conditional chance. They said, we'll put you through the week of training, and if at the end of the training we think you can sell, then we will give you the contract. But they wouldn't even tell me what the commission was or anything else. They really did not think I could do it. At the end of the week, I guess they figured they had nothing to lose now, so they gave me the contract, and for the next two and a half years, all I did was prove they had been right to start with. Laughter Now, that doesn't mean I didn't sell a lot, because I did. I I sold my furniture, sold my car. (laughs) That's awfully close to the truth. I have had my lights turned out. I got there in time for them to turn them back on. I gave them a check. I've had my telephone disconnected again. Fortunately, I happened to be stopping by, and I had just enough money so they could reconnect That uh, telephone. Uh, I've gone down the grocery line, folks, and misfigured and have to put a loaf of bread back. And that's when bread was a dime a loaf. I bought my gasoline 50 cents worth at a time. I never will forget the day uh, that I had 50 cents in my pocket, and that old 40 model Studebaker I was driving quit running. now, uh, I didn't know why I figured it was, but I thought maybe it was the points. And the reason I say I don't know why I thought it was because I had a mechanical bypass when I was very young. <laughs> and I, I, I don't understand anything mechanically. I stopped right in front of a mechanic's uh, little uh, shade tree shop and I told him, I said, Sir, my car quit running. Let me tell you before you even raise the hood, I've got 50 cents. That's all I've got to my name but I sure need my car running. If you would just look at it. Well, he looked at it. Sure enough, it was the points. He reset them, and I was off. I literally have done that. When my first daughter was born, the hospital bill was $64. I didn't have $64. I had to get out and make two sales before I could even get my own daughter out of the hospital. I'm here to tell you I know what it is to be broke. For two and a half years, this happened. Uh, One time, I was doing so miserably, I asked Bill Cranford, my sales manager, I said, Bill, go with me, find out what I'm doing, help me. Uh, I've got to make some sales. Well, he went with me on a call when it was over. I said, well, Bill, what do you think? He said, well, Zig, let me ask you, what are you selling? I said, Bill, you know what I'm selling. He said, yeah, I know, but don't you think you should have told that lady? I said, "Bill, it wasn't that bad." He said, "Come on, let's go to the training." We went to the training room. He had one of those old Webcore wire recorders. How many of you have ever seen one of those suckers?" All right? He recorded my talk. It was a 19-minute presentation. I owed 187 times. I uh well uh 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 you cannot believe. I mean I counted it three times, ladies and gentlemen. And I emphasize that because as you probably recognize today, I'm the fastest drawl in the West. Uh, what I'm really saying is you really can change. The other people were putting on group demonstrations where they bought the food, got a hostess to sponsor the demonstration, they'd bring in the food, give the hostess a premium, and sell to the prospects. I wanted to do that, but I had three basic problems. Number one, I didn't have the money to buy the groceries or the premium. Number two, I did not know the first thing about cooking. And number three, I had never seen a demonstration. But with the confidence that generally goes with ignorance, I figured I could do it. (laughs) I heard of a Mrs. B.C. Moore who lived at 2210 High Street on the corner of Colonial Drive, and I can see that home as clearly in my mind today as I could that day. White two-story frame house, no air conditioning, no insulation, and it's August. It is brutally hot. She had a set of our cookware, didn't like it because she didn't know how to use it. I said, Ms. Moore, I'll make a deal with you. I will teach you how to use that set of cookware if you will invite in two prospects and if you will buy the food for the demonstration. She said, it's a deal. She invited Mrs. M.P. Gates, who lived down the hill, Mr. and Mrs. Clarence Spence, who was her sister and brother-in-law who were living with her while their home was being built, and they invited Dr. and Mrs. M. P. Gay. He was a dentist who had a set of the cookware. He didn't like it either because they didn't know how to use it. I put on the demonstration. Apparently, it was at least satisfactory. I didn't burn anything. When it was over, Mrs. Spence made a five-minute speech. She went into great detail about how tough times were about how they were building a house, about how they were in debt, how they were struggling to make ends meet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My heart got heavier and heavier as she was talking. But she said, you know, I'm always in debt. We're always broke. If I don't go ahead and get this heavy and nice set of cookware right now, I never will be able to get it. She said, I'll take it. Mrs. Gates took her cue from Mrs. Spitz. She too made a five-minute speech. I don't know whether they were trying to impress me or their husbands or their hostess or whatever. She made the same speech but wound it up the same way and said, I'll take it. Now, folks, let me repaint the scene. Here I am so broke that if it didn't cost but 50 cents to go around the world, I couldn't have gotten out of sight. There are two (laughs) ladies with their money in their hot little hands saying, I'll take it. What would you have done under those circumstances, anybody? Write them up. up. Guess what, Old Zig did? Scout's honor. I looked at my watch and I said, Ladies, I'd like the best in the world to sell you that set of cookware, but I can't. I've got another appointment and I'm running late now. I'm going to have to go and see them with two ladies with their money in their hot little hands saying, I'll take it. I said, oh, no, you won't. i got something important to do. And out of there I scooted. Now, when I got to the other appointment, obviously they were not there. But here's my question. How many of you in your dumbest, greenest day, if you got sense enough to get out of a telephone booth without written directions on the side, how many of you would ever have done such a thing as that? Now, what I'm trying to say is, friend, there is hope for you <laughs> my whole world changed one day went to an all-day training session in Charlotte North Carolina lived in Lancaster South Carolina which is about 38 miles south of there spent the day didn't learn a thing how many of have ever spent a day and learned absolutely nothing Okay, that's about what happened to me. I got back home that evening. I had a demonstration. I conducted the demonstration, got in about 1130 that night. Our daughter kept us up most of the rest of the night. At 530 the next morning, the alarm clock. In those days, they were alarm clocks. Today, they're opportunity clocks. I mean, if you can hear one, that means you got a chance to get up and go. If you can't hear it, that might mean you done got up and gone. And depending on what you believe, that can be very bad. Well, anyhow, that alarm clock sounded off at 5.30 to get me up to go to the second day of the training school. Force of habit, I rolled out of bed. We were living in a little three-room apartment above a grocery store. I cracked the Venetian blind and looked out. And it said, Ziegler, anybody with fat brains won't get out there amidst all of that ice and snow. Driving a little old Crosley automobile without a heater man, don't be ridiculous. I did what any intelligent person would do. I got back in bed. But as I lay there, the words of my mother came back to me. And again, here's that repetition that's so important. My mother preached me a thousand sentence sermons. When a task is once begun, you leave it not until it's done. And be a matter great or small, you do it well or not at all. She said, your word is your bond. And she said, if your word is not worth anything, then nothing about you or what you have is worth anything at all. When I had taken the job, I had agreed that I would be at every sales meeting and every training session. And though I had done nothing in the business in two and a half years, not only had I never missed a meeting, I had never even been late for one That early input in my mind rolled me out of bed. I went to the meeting. That's where my whole life changed. A man named P.C. Merrill was there. Mr. Merrill was my hero. He had set all of the records with that company. He had written all of the training programs with that company. And at the end of the session, I still don't remember what I learned in the session itself. But when it was over, he took me aside. He said, Zig, I want to talk to you privately. Now, many of you might have a little trouble identifying with this today because a lot of times people see me today and they cannot conceive of the way I was. I was thrilled to death that Mr. P.C. Merrill, my hero, was willing to spend a few minutes just with me. There were 21 other people there he could have talked to. He chose me. The conversation lasted probably less than two minutes By design or by happenstance, I don't know which it was, he got me in a corner. And he said, Zig, I've been watching you for the last two and a half years, and I have never seen such a waste. Now that'll get your attention. I said, Mr. Merrill, what do you mean? He said, Zig, I believe you could be a great one. I believe you could go all the way to the top. I believe you could become a national champion. I believe, Zig, that if you really recognized your own ability and went to work on a regular schedule, that someday you could be an executive in this company if you chose to do so.
1: Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to dot com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. And buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, it's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin.
2: Now, please understand, he's talking to a little guy from a little town who was going to struggle all of his life. I never thought I'd live in the slums, but I neither did I honestly think I'd ever have more than one suit of clothes. And here's a man saying, you could be an executive, you could be a national champion, you could be a great one. I said, Mr. Merrill, do you really believe that? He said, Zig, I know it. I'm here to tell you that the picture of myself changed dramatically. There's an old and true statement. A lot of people have gone a lot further than they thought they could because somebody else thought they could. Now I want to emphasize two points. First of all, Mr. Merrill was a man of unquestioned integrity. I knew he was speaking truth. I knew that was the way he felt. Had I thought for one moment that he was just telling me that so I'd go sell more cookware so he would look good, then it would have had zero impact. But knowing him as I knew him and knowing his reputation, he said, you could be a great one. I believed him. Now let me emphasize the second point. When he said, go to work on a schedule so enormously important. Let me emphasize that at that point, I knew how to get prospects. I knew how to make appointments. I knew how to conduct demonstrations and handle objections. And I knew the sales closes. The salesman was ready, but the man was not ready. Until you get the man ready, the salesman is not going to get ready. Until you get the person ready, the teacher is not going to be ready. you got to be before you can do I had already been trained in the skills and techniques. And now the confidence that goes with a healthier self-image was my own. When I left that meeting that day, I'll tell you, I was floating on cloud nine. That little Crosley automobile, how many of you ever remember that little Crosley automobile? That little Crosley automobile without a heater, I mean, it never touched the ground on the way back. When I addressed the three couples who were there that evening, had they been even half smart, they would have opened the demonstration by saying, okay, Zig, we know you're going to be the national champion this year. Uh, don't worry about a demonstration. Just give us something to eat, man, and we'll go ahead and buy. They never had a chance. Now, let me emphasize something very important. I had not learned anything about selling, but I'd learned a whole lot about me. And when my image changed, everything about me had changed. I finished that year the number two salesman in America out of over 7,000. I had the best promotion that company had to offer. The next year, I was the highest paid manager in the United States with them. Three years later, I became the youngest divisional supervisor in the 66-year history of that company. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I never make a talk whether I'm speaking here in Dallas, Texas to you in this magnificent Meyerson Symphony Hall or whether I'm speaking to a dozen retired Baptist preachers a few years ago or whether I'm speaking to 23,000 FFAers up in Kansas City or whether I'm speaking to anybody anywhere, I always pray, Lord, make me a PC Merrill in the life Of the people who are there. I travel a lot. I get to meet a lot of people. I seldom get to know anyone, and I'm the loser as a result of it. I wish I could. I wish I could meet and come to know every person who ever sits in my audience. Every person who picks up one of my books, every person who listens to one of my tapes, I wish that I could get to know that person on a personal basis, but of course, I know that is impossible. But if I could, and please, let this substitute for what I would say to you. I would look you straight in the eye, and I would say to you, you were born to win. There are 12 billion people that have walked the face of this earth. There has never been another one like you. You're rare. You're different. You are special. You are unique. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You were born to win. But in order to be that winner, you got to plan to win. you got to prepare to win. Then and only then can you legitimately expect to win. I don't know... How many of you voted last November? I did. I hope all of you did. I think we all as citizens need to participate in every election locally and statewide and nationally. And if we don't participate there, we have no right to complain about anything that is going on. We have abdicated that right to gripe if we've not accepted the responsibility of doing something about it. But I'm going to ask you now, to cast a vote of an entirely different nature I'm going to ask you to vote for you here's the process imagine if you will that you can step directly into the polling booth of your own mind imagine that you reach up and you pull the draperies because this is a very private affair And as you make this particular vote, here you are in the voting uh, booth and there are a lot of levers there, but one of those levers has a name on it that is pure gold. It's bigger than any of the others. It has your name on it. You reach up and you grab that lever with your name on it. You pull it down, excited, motivated, enthusiastic, and you vote for you. And when you do, you'll discover that long ago, God HAD ALREADY VOTED FOR YOU. I'M HERE TO TELL YOU THAT THAT ETERNAL ARITHMETIC CLEARLY SAYS THAT YOU PLUS GOD EQUALS ENOUGH. ENOUGH.
0: WHO HAS ENCOURAGED YOU TO DO MORE AND BE MORE? MOST IMPORTANTLY, WHO CAN YOU INFLUENCE TODAY? WHO CAN YOU ENCOURAGE TODAY? go find someone and make a difference in their life today and remember you plus God equals enough I'm Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest inspiring true performance.